Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Camille Holden, founder of Nuts and Bolts Speed Trading. We discuss getting out of the corporate grind, moving to Bali, and starting an online business. Some real four-hour work week stuff here. And on the actionable side, Camille's a PowerPoint pro. That's actually what her business is. So at the end of the app, we go through some PowerPoint tips and tricks. Okay, so this week on Delightful Corner, that's the title for now. First up, cold beer glasses. Wow. I went out for an Italian dinner with another couple this weekend, and I ordered a Peroni, and they brought this chilled glass that just made the drinking an ordinary beer pretty special. I usually try to stick to one drink at dinner. I'm kind of an old man now, and two just hurts too much the next day. But when the waiter asked if I wanted another, I said, yeah, if I get another chilled glass, how could I pass that up? It's really the smallest of changes that can make an ordinary experience something really special. Now onto the not delightful side, parties without food. What is this? For me, I have a tough time even calling this a party. I'd rather have food than alcohol, but that's not how society feels. I think that will change though. Not quickly, of course, but for how many hundreds, if not thousands of years has alcohol been a part of social gatherings? I think it will stay that way. But when you think about the future and are we going to keep drinking unhealthy drinks all the time? Or will there be an option to have a drink that's good for you and makes you feel good, makes you stronger, faster, smarter, whatever? Uh, So come to one of my parties and have lots of food and some drinks that are healthy for you. Okay, that's it. Let's get into the conversation with Camille. Hey, Camille. Thanks for talking with me, coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is, it might be, uh, I, I may have done one other one in Asia, but you're a long ways away right now, and it's a completely different day for you. That's right. It's it's morning over here in Bali. The sun is shining, and the birds are chirping. Uh, lucky you. Well, last time we were speaking, a rooster was crowing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> lucky you. How do you get to live in such a paradise? Well, uh, a few different things. Uh, one, one is that I, I run an entirely online business, so I can take my work with me, which is, uh, which is exactly what I designed the business to be able to do in the first place. So that was the intention behind the business, not to start something with an office and, and a bunch of uh, employees who would, who would show up and expect me to show up, uh, but a business that could be run out of a suitcase if need be, or just somewhere remote. And the other part of that is that I uh, was living in China actually for about 10 years on and off prior to deciding to travel the world for four years. I did that with my husband and business partner. We traveled around for four years and would move 
move every couple of months, trying trying a new place, new country, uh, getting the feel for for different parts of the world. And eventually, we just got tired of doing that uh, and having to make new friends each place we went, and having to to navigate all the different time zones with callers like you and and other people. So we decided to pick a place, and uh, we landed in Bali, and we haven't left here in about two years. We're feeling feeling like this was the right choice, and we're very happy here. Oh, I, I love it. So it sounds like the story goes, you're in China, you're working for some kind of terrible company and you get this inkling, this inkling it's like, oh, we got to go travel. We got to go see the world. There's got to be more out here than just working in a cubicle all day. Is that how it went? Yeah, similar story. I think what what got us to leave wasn't actually necessarily the jobs, but uh, the pollution. So I'm sure you've read in the news over the last few years that the pollution in China just got just outrageous. We were living in Beijing, and we loved everything about it. We loved the culture. We loved, uh, you know, the work was exciting. The the people were fun. The culture is just just fascinating. The growth that China has just gone through and continues to go through. But the pollution just got too much. It was it was crazy. I mean, every day you you know you're used to looking at the weather. You know, is it what's the temperature going to be? Is it going to rain or shine? And you'd have a third factor, which was, uh, which was the pollution and it would prevent you from doing things like going for a run and stuff like that. So we decided it, you know, our time in China was up and, um, but we didn't want to go back to the States. We loved, we, we loved just traveling and, and constantly growing and expanding. And so we decided to, to travel to figure out where the next place would be. And, and, uh, we've eventually, we've found it. <laughs> you know, Camille, it's interesting hearing you say this. I don't, I mean, I've never just traveled kind of without a, without a plan, but is, is that how it went? You're just like, let's go see new sites. And I don't know how long we're going to be in place to place, but we're going to go kind of on an adventure. I really like the idea of it, but maybe it's just yeah. because it's so opposite to kind of like the way that my life is so structured and we take a five day vacation and we know everything, everything, everything about mm. it. It's like, it's really appealing to do what you did. Yeah, well, I mean, so the the travel side of it was very was very flex and very up in the air and let's just have an adventure, but the work side wasn't. So we definitely, you know, we spent probably a good 9 months preparing our departure from China and we um we we decided to start a business before we left. We didn't want to just use up all of our savings. Uh so so yeah, the, there was a part of it, I'd say a half of it, the travel side that we decided to just let be just fun and, and see where it took us. Uh, but the business side, we definitely, we definitely got started. You know, we, we had our ducks in, in a row sort of before we, we launched off. Um, and so we, we did a whole bunch of research. We would work on weekends during our, when we still had day jobs on weekends, we would, and evenings we would work on our, on our new business idea. And then, uh, and so it took us, it took us a little while to get that set up and to feel like we were ready to, to set off into the world. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's is the common story of whether it's like a startup and you're going to stay in Silicon Valley and, and do it, or you're going to do a startup and it's a new story, your story, and doing a startup and leaving and going to travel. But you like, there's this time of overlap of where you're doing your day job and then nights and weekends, putting uh, kind of a minimum viable product together and like getting to the point where it's maybe good enough and like, all right, should we, should we make the plunge? Should we, should we do this? So like, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, we from from the very beginning, we had a very clear, clear idea of what we wanted to do. You know, our both of our jobs uh, independently, we worked at different companies and in different industries, but we were both using PowerPoint day in and day out, which is what our business is all about. And so we had a very clear idea of what we wanted to put out in the world, which was a course, something that we felt uh, there was no PowerPoint training out there at all, let alone for 
uh, consultants, investment bankers, and PR and marketing folks. So we we had a very clear sense of what we wanted to do. Um, we just needed to make sure that we did the research to make sure there really wasn't anything out there, which which didn't take very long because it was really a pretty a pretty cr- crappy <laughs> market situation we were entering. Um, and then we needed to put in the time to actually create the course itself. And so once we had the course created and the website created, we felt like all right, we're we're off to the races. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a super tricky path to, um, to, to MVP or, or to launch. Um, but it just took, just took some time. Yeah. And then did you have, I mean, obviously it sounds, that sounds great. You've building, building that piece of the business, you know, figuring out traffic and driving leads. That's probably an, an, another piece. Um, but was there, you're like, okay, we need to make X amount of revenue so that we can support a lifestyle. I mean, I imagine traveling through Asia, like you can probably get by on, on, on not that much, but you still like you're leaving real jobs that you're comfortable with. So, I mean, I imagine you had to have some type of projections of where the business needed to be, right? Well, you know, what's funny is we started with the idea that we were, okay, we're just going to travel for two years and, you know, our business just needs to support us in terms of like basic, basic needs and traveling. We don't need to necessarily replace our jobs. Uh, we'll just, we'll just do this to make sure that we just don't eat through our savings. So it had a very, had a very, um, humble, humble goal and a short timeline. And then two years came up and we're like, well, we, I mean, this is kind of fun. (laughs) The traveling is fun. And and this business really has a lot more potential. Um, and you know, any business business takes, you know, two years is very ambitious to get something really off the ground. So, um, so we really saw more potential for the business. So, so we just decided to, to carry on. So we didn't necessarily have a very lofty goal and we, we, you know, we just wanted to be able to help, help as many people as we could. Sure. That makes sense. And I mean, I'd like to hear a little about the travel, like how many countries you went to, what'd you do, mm-hmm. where'd you go? Well, gosh, we've been to a lot. Um, we've also been able to spend a lot of time with family, which is a luxury we didn't have before, which was very nice. But um, we've been to many different places. We spent a fair bit of time in Southeast Asia. We've also wandered around various parts of Europe. We uh, One of my favorite trips was actually our first trip. Uh, we spent two months in Fiji, which was pretty spectacular um, and just felt incredible to be able to, to be in a, in a place where people typically just get sort of five days. Uh, and we got to spend two months there and we, uh, we were, it was the very beginning and we had no money coming in. And again, we didn't want to use our savings. So we ended up house sitting. We found this beautiful house to house it. These two, this couple who were leaving for two months and they had two dogs and a house. They didn't want to just leave empty. So we took care of their house and their pets for them. And they were, the house was on a hill overlooking. It was like 200 degrees of a view over, over, the ocean and uh it was just we were pinching ourselves every day it was so beautiful so that was definitely one of the highlights we also spent um two months in in andalusia in southern southern spain and that was really amazing it was in spring and all the all the orange trees were blooming so you just drive around the countryside with the window down just smelling all the orange blossom and eating a lot of uh amazing, amazing food. So, so those are, I'd say those were two of the, of the major highlights, but yeah, we've, you know, in four years of travel, we've, we've hit quite a number of places. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, like it, I'm, uh, I'm smiling, listening to you describe these places because it's really just such a departure from, you know, kind of the, I guess you could call it the, the rat race that I'm caught up in of just like more and more and harder work and harder work and Mm. like buy more crap. And, uh, it's like you figure out a way to kind of slow it down. And and as you're speaking, it's like, it's really, you're talking about what's important. I mean, like I'm, 
I don't even know if what the things that, you know, we tell ourselves are so important to every single day, if, if they really are, and you do this for a while and then you look back and you're like, wow, I mean, I could have been traveling to Fiji and house sitting and living on a beach somewhere. Um, maybe that would have been, maybe that would have been good. I mean, I'm sorry, there's, I'm kind of rambling here, but I guess the question is like, how'd you get to this, get to this place? Yeah. I mean, I say, you know, so these are, these are also, you know, the, the beautiful sides of the story, right? The, the flip side of our time in Fiji was we were incredibly stressed. So <laughs> we, we had just started a business. We had no money coming in, you know, so, so we were also just working a lot. So we were working in Fiji and, and, and things were amazing and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it was also very, very stressful. So I don't want to underplay some of the, the anxiety that comes with starting a business. And I've met a bunch of people who decided that it wasn't for them. Um, and, and that's perfectly fine. So there's definitely, there's definitely an underbelly to all of that. It's, it's not always just sunshine and rainbows and, and traveling can be, can be exhausting. So I just, I definitely want to put that caveat out there. But I think one of the biggest things for us was we always believed that, you know, that the biggest, the best currency we all have is actually time and not money. And so if we can become time rich, then there's so much, I mean, there's so many more things that you can do with your life that then, then money affords you. So having time, for example, to, to spend, you know, a month with my aunt and uncle who I didn't really know very well and just getting to know them. And, uh, you know, that's something that you can't, that money will never buy you is the time to spend with people in place, experiencing things. And so the entire design of our business, uh, was to, to make us, you know, obviously to make money, but to make, to keep, to ensure that we don't become time poor, um, and so any, any decision that we made in our business, we, we would, you know, have that in the back of our mind and you'd have people who gave us advice, you know, along the way, anytime you start a business, I'm sure you, you've been through this, people give you advice or suggestions or, Hey, have you thought of this? And anytime someone did that, it was like, Oh yeah, that that's, that would be a great idea, but that would make us time poor, you know, Oh, have you thought of doing, you know, in-person live one-on-one -on -one coaching? It's like, oh, we have thought of it, but that that's taking our time. That's using up our time currency. And we, and, and we value that more than anything. So I think how we got there was, is just, having that be the, almost the number one goal. And, and obviously, you know, making money is, is a part of any business, but we evaluate everything we do based on whether we can keep our time freedom. Um, so I think just, just having kind of that one thing that you're really keeping in mind in your business and always having at the forefront, uh, helps you, helps you just not get distracted and easily pulled in different directions. Right. Yeah. It's a nice thing to think about is maximizing for time, I'm thinking about my business and, you know, in our startup phase, we're like doing these things that don't scale. And I'm like reaching out to so many people and making lists and it's like all the most tedious shit possible. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I mean, I'm sure you had to go through a lot of this too. in like the, the early days of your business, I mean, as you say, that's the kind of the entrepreneurial journey of getting sure. things set up to a point where it could become more of a, like a lifestyle business. And what it sounds like what you've, what you've built for yourself. Yeah. And you know, it, the, the thing is that's funny is that we, we talk about these things in the startup world or in, you know, in the, I run my own business world, but it absolutely is true also in, in the corporate world. Uh, I think it's just something people don't, don't think about or don't talk about because a lot of these companies have massive, you know, have massive coffers and, but they don't think about the time currency of their employees and employees don't think of their own, their own time currency. And I think one of the things that I learned in my corporate 
corporate background in my in my career before starting this business was was how much actually time was was money in this business as well and there are so many ways in which as employees we typically waste a huge amount of time you know there's there's a survey out there that that calculated the amount of futs people spend on a on a weekly basis and and futs is basically like any any t- any kind of time uh, like fiddling around with a computer looking for a file where is that file that i saved or you know uh, ch- trying to click on something in a software and it's not working or you lost your password you've got to you know do the recover password thing all that is considered futs and on average an office worker wastes one day per week on futs and so there are just little things like that, like mastering your software, like making sure that you have, you know, a password uh, keeper software. I mean, there's so many things that we can do to regain lost time. And when you regain lost time in the corporate world, guess what you can do with that time? You can either go home early, although we all know IBers and consultants probably won't go home early. They'll just work more. And if you work more, then what you can do is you can actually do more research. You can refine your messaging. You can network more with the client. You can do all the things that have a higher value add than just fiddling around with a lost password and finding that gosh darn pro you know file that you can't find anymore and so i think i think time is hugely important also in in the corporate world and personally as an employee you know thinking about how you can you know spend your hours where it counts most because that's what's going to get you the promotion yeah and camille i mean i I could talk about these kind of philosophical things all day long. Uh, the users, the listeners of this podcast don't usually like it when I, when I go on and on uh, down, those, down those rabbit holes. They, <laughs> they like actionable, practical tips. So I, we should probably start transitioning this to the business, yeah. the PowerPoint. I mean, I know every single person listening to this is like dying to hear about PowerPoint tips and tricks and tools. Yeah. But um, like, let's just hear about the business a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So our business basically teaches, teaches uh, primarily consultants, investment bankers, but a whole range of of people as well, how to master PowerPoint. And it's one of those programs that I get a lot of questions like, oh, well, what's there to learn about PowerPoint or PowerPoint is such an easy program. The reality is it's, it's, it's a deceptively, uh, deceptively intuitive program, but there's so much packed under the hood. And for a software that is built into every single aspect of your daily life, I mean, I know you guys in investment banking, you know, decks are created for every single thing, internal meetings, client deliverables, pitches, I mean, everything for a software that's used day in, day out. And it is so tied to the bottom line, like winning client, you know, winning over clients. Um, it's crazy how little training anyone actually gets in the program. And, you know, I told, I told you about FUTs earlier. Well, FUTs in PowerPoint is huge. Think of the number of times you're like, oh gosh, I've got to change the font for all of these things in one go. How do I do that? There's so many aspects of the software where people waste an enormous amount of time. And so that's what we focus on building our business in. So we train people how to Essentially, we promise people can get three times faster, and that's even a low a low assessment. Three times faster at um, using PowerPoint every single day. Wow, Camille, I love how focused you are. You know, like in hearing about the startup world, they're always like focus on you know one thing that you can do mm-hmm. better than anything else. It's not like you've said, oh, we're taking the entire Microsoft suite and Access and Excel, and it's like no, no, no. Like we're gonna drill this down much, much finer. Uh, yeah we're experts at PowerPoint and like, let's see how we can share that with, with the world. It's so cool. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it just comes out of a, a need that we that we saw in our previous jobs. I mean, I would, it was not uncommon for me to be at the office at 1am fiddling with a PowerPoint deck that, you know, was going to be delivered to the client the next day. And just when, when you spend enough nights, you know, in the office when no one else is there and you're banging your head against a computer, you start to figure out ways to do things better. Um, and so, and, and, you know, my business partner and the same thing, he was in, he was in a private investment bank and, and did financial consulting services, previously PwC. And, you know, same thing. We, we just got really good at, at mastering the software. And it, it's funny because a lot of IBers or even consultants become really good at Excel. You know, they get Excel training. You see these keyboard jockeys, they're, they're just clicking away, they're barely even touching their mouse. They're using the software like, like a pro and they're getting so much done, but nobody teaches that for PowerPoint. So that's what we did. We basically took that same Excel training that got people really good at Excel and applied it all to PowerPoint. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So how does your offering work? Is it videos? Is it uh, tutorials? Like what, it, what exactly is it? Yeah. So we have a website where we have a ton of free articles and video tutorials for how to do some crazy stuff like uh, power cropping a whole bunch of photos at one time, like a whole bunch of things with charts, uh, embedding things, just the common problems that people struggle with daily. And then we also have a PowerPoint course. Uh, we have several courses, but the, the main one is called PowerPoint 3X. And it basically, uh, it takes you through the entire program from a, uh, not from an A to Z perspective. Like we don't, we don't just open a PowerPoint and say, here's where command number one is. It's so boring. And most other courses do that. We actually take a look at examples, you know, okay, you need to build this slide. Let's see how we can build this slide as quickly as possible. So one of the things that we teach people in that course is how to take a task that takes most people about 10 to 15 minutes building two slides. And we teach them how to get it down to two minutes. So you take this 10 minute task and turn it into a two minute task. And that just echoes, you know, it, it just uh, ripples across the entire rest of the program and all the other things you need to do. So, so yeah, we have a YouTube channel and a website that you can check out, uh, nutsandboldspeedtraining.com and also a PowerPoint course that's available for sale online. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to get three times faster at PowerPoint? I mean, that sounds really, really good. So, um, I guess one of the last questions here is, I know this is your business and you're not in the business of giving away your product for free, but like, I'd love if you could share like a, uh, your number one tip uh, for PowerPoint with the listeners, um, anything like that. Absolutely. I've got, we, I'm happy to share lots of free tips because we want to, we want to make the world of presentations a, a better place. So, uh, definitely I want my, honestly, my top tip for anyone who's, who's listening would be just master the shortcuts. It's, it's a program that seems super click heavy, but there's so many amazing shortcuts, uh, that not only just help you like a typical shortcut, just do something faster, but even allow you to do things that you can't even do with your mouse. Um, and there are so many great shortcuts out there. One of my favorite ones is control D, which duplicates an object. It's twice as fast as control C, control C, uh, control C, control V, right? Cause that's two shortcuts and you just break it down into one. So control D to duplicate. Um, I mean, that's just one of them. We actually have a, uh, a free PDF with our top PowerPoint shortcuts, including how to use them. And I've made that available to any of the wall street Oasis listeners. So so if you go to nutsandboltspeedtraining.com slash WSO, you can just download that PDF for free. Um, and then we'll send you some other awesome tips by email. Um, but that's a great PDF that just gets you started on some of the best shortcuts that, that any power user of PowerPoint will want to know. You, I love it. I love the shortcuts. I'm trying to think of the keystrokes I hit right now. And it's like, I can't do it unless I have 
the program <laughs> open, but I, I use a lot of the Align ones, Align Center, Align Lab, like what, Alt HFP. I think I think that's what I think that's what I use. Yeah, um, Alt H. Yeah, Alt H A T. I mean, there's so there are so many, and it's one of those things. You know how if you watch your parents or somebody else use a computer, and they, they they're not even using Control C and Control V, it drives you nuts, right? It, it's kind of similar like that. Once you start using these shortcuts, you're like, I can't I can't imagine my world without these shortcuts. <laughs> Yep, I I hear you. And these things make you more productive, your life faster, and you can you're right. You can get out of the office earlier and uh, start your own side business and move to Bali like you. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, Camille, this was awesome speaking with you. I love the practical advice for uh, for everyone, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alex. And uh, I hope the users got something, the listeners got something really interesting out of this. Yeah, they did. Thanks again. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow, and also by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks.